Hello, lovers. You're listening to episode 23 of the Nutrition Nuptials podcast. We have a pretty lengthy episode today, so I want to jump right into it, but just a really couple quick announcements. Number one, as you've probably heard in the last few episodes, we've had some updates to our social media. So you want to like our Facebook page, Nutrition Nuptials VIP After Party over on Facebook, and make sure you're following us on Instagram at Nutrition Nuptials Podcast. On today's show, Melissa and I talk a little bit about the growing pains of starting a podcast. And I can tell you from experience, the best thing I ever did with my podcast was hiring out help to the experts. And that is where Podigy comes into play. Podigy is our amazing editing company. They do the editing, they do our show notes, and they are so awesome to work with. I can't even tell you how quickly they turn our stuff around. So you got to check them out. Head over to podigy.co, that's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O, and tell them Taco and Mandy from Nutrition Nuptials sent you. You'll get 25% off your first month of editing, and you'll have an opportunity to have an awesome podcast and a lot of headaches out of your hair when you check out our friends at Podigy. Stay up to date on everything we have going on on the podcast by heading to nutritionnuptials.com and signing up for our email list there. You can also get a free bride and couples starter guide at nutritionnuptials.com slash starter guide where you'll get five days of meal plans, fitness, and self-care tracking that you can do for yourself. Make sure that you are following the show. Make sure you're not only subscribing, but also rating and reviewing the show. We love to hear what you guys are thinking, what you're digging, and you can also shoot us an email directly at podcast at nutritionnuptials.com to let us know what it is that you want to be hearing on future episodes of the show. As we've mentioned, we are actually getting ready to um, sign off for the summer and wrap up season one. So we have one more episode left to go after this week. And after that, we hope that you guys will stay in touch with us and uh, we'll see you over in the social realm. And with that, let's jump on into today's show. Hear the music. It's the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast with Taco and Mandy, where we're helping couples learn how to live their happily, healthfully ever after. Hello, and welcome to Nutrition Nuptials Podcast, where we're helping couples go from a me to a we when it comes to their health and wellness. I'm your host, Mandy Enright, a registered dietitian who hates diets, and I am joined today and always by the best co-host slash husband in the world, Taco. Hey, Taco, today is kind of a bittersweet day. Why is that? Because it is our last double date episode of the season. Oh, no. I know. What are we going to do without all what these fun What are we going to do with all this extra time now? <laughs> if you know me, you know I can fill it up. Yeah. Very easily. Uh-huh. Well, I'm pretty stoked to have our final double date be probably the person who it has taken the longest to get the double date happening. And that is with Miss Melissa Dobbin. She is a fellow dietitian. Um, she's a certified diabetes educator and she is a podcaster. So Melissa hosts the Sound Bites podcast where she gets into the science, psychology and strategies for good food and nutrition. And Melissa is joining us today with her husband, Mark Buckman. Mark is a U.S. Navy veteran and well-respected network engineer and trainer who is currently the CEO of a background investigations company called Global Verification Network. Melissa actually has very extensive media experience. She's been a spokesperson in the food, grocery, healthcare industries. If we lived in Chicago, we would see her on TV, but we don't. So I have to 
stalk her on YouTube to see all that. Um, and then not only has Melissa had extensive experience in her spokesperson work, but she now passes that information on to others. So she does a lot of uh, training now for healthcare professionals on their media skills, so how to get them camera ready and out there um, to provide the right messages. Because as dietitians, we got to put the right message out there and make sure that we're doing it well so people hear us and, you know, And so that you're all on the same page. We're all on the same page and people know what we are doing. All right. Yeah. And Mark already knows everything about us, so we barely have, because given his background, so we barely even. Have I know. To I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure right? he already did a background check on yeah. us. So Lord knows what showed up on that. My reputation score is better than yours, by the way. Your reputation yes, score. Yes, it is. is Mark thing? I'm going to ask Mark that. if that's a thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I've known, I've known Melissa on a personal level for several years. She's actually been my media coach, and she's actually the reason we have this podcast. Uh, you've told me, yes. Yeah. You have to thank Melissa. I do. So I came home from a conference maybe two years ago, and I. I forget if Melissa was speaking about podcasts or somebody was talking about podcasts and it was like, hey, for every like, you know, one podcast out there, there's like, I forget what the statistic was, like 22,000 blogs or something. I'm sure Melissa can confirm that. And I was like, hey, podcasts could actually be kind of cool. Can break through. Can. And the other thing, too, was, you know, the whole concept of nutrition nuptials is all about people and hearing their stories and while blog writing is fun, it's definitely works better for things like recipes and pretty pictures. But I really want to tell stories. And we've had a lot of them so far. We've had some great stories. We had stories and laughs. And that just doesn't come through on a blog as well. So the podcast really spawned out of that because what better way to get people to share their stories about merging lifestyles and health and wellness and fitness in their homes than getting them to talk about it? I agree. All right. So with that said, let's bring on Melissa and Mark. All right. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Taco and Mandy. Good morning. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to join us. I think since my podcast kicked off, Melissa and I have been trying to schedule this double date. So I am so excited it is finally happening. You saved the best for last. I did. I did. By the way, Melissa, she came home from that conference and said, yeah, I want to do a podcast. And I was like, are you nuts? He like, thought what? it was the dumbest idea. No, I, I didn't. Well, I also was like, what experience do you have recording a podcast? And trust me, it didn't the first you know, recording the first episode. We probably did it five times. I heard some stories about pretty, that. Pretty, pretty I, I cried. She cried. Yeah. She cried after the first recording that like that is like I can't even call that a B side. That is like a no, Z side. That, that went straight to the trash. <laughs> Well, I didn't even know what a podcast was when I decided to start one. So <laughs> it's kind of, you know, one of those things. My only knowledge of podcasts actually was um, when I taught kickboxing, we would download a lot of podcasts to use for classes. So it was like DJs doing some cool mixes for um, playlists and, and weekly podcasts. So that was what I knew of podcasts. I didn't really know it was like, you know, a talking thing. Talk radio. Yeah. Yeah. Or that it could be. Yeah. Well, enough about podcasts and history of our podcasting experience. I want to talk about the history of Melissa and Mark. So the first thing I always like to ask my guests is, how did you guys meet? I'll let you answer because you hate my answer. Oh, you, go so. ahead. And, go ahead. No, I want well, now answer. we want to hear Mark's answer. <laughs> well, yep. We're going to hear your answer afterwards, Mark. Well, I always say that we met on the street corner. Um, <laughs> with, 
which isn't really true. We actually, physically, we actually met at a bar, but we met before that uh, on eHarmony. And uh, I never actually talked to her until she was late for our date. I was not late. <laughs> and, and my immortal words opening up our complete dialogue that has never stopped was, where ya at? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he knew his limitations uh, with communication. So he had purposely not had a phone conversation with me. It was all by email. And so I had recently been divorced and I was doing a lot of online dating and I would get the person's phone number, supposed phone number and name if we hadn't spoken. And I would text it to my mom and I would say, this is the number. This is the guy's supposed name. If you don't hear from me, this is where you, you, know, you can send the cops to start looking. And so we hadn't talked yet, but his number was in my phone and I was not late. I was almost to the restaurant and I get this. No, wait, wait, wait. Almost to the restaurant I was, I was means almost, you're not when, at but, the restaurant. <laughs> but when you when you texted me, yeah. No, I sorry. When you called me, so you called me, and my excitement was, oh, this is a real number. His name popped up. He answered, or I answered the phone, and he said, "Where are you at?" And so I didn't even care that he said, "Where are you at?" You know, he didn't say you're late. I would have probably had turned around and gone back home. Said, "Nah, this isn't going to work." But it, but my recollection was, hey, this is like a real number. This is a good sign. <laughs> it was purely out of concern. Of being, <laughs> no, he was annoyed. Of being stood up. But, but besides that. I sympathize, Mark. Uh, I, I, I'm married to a chronically late person all the time. All right. So we know where we're at. Yeah. But it's good to establish those things up front. Yeah. Well, Mark is always literally and figuratively 10 steps ahead of me. Always. And I am not, man, do you know me? I do not drag my feet. I am on top of things, but he's just so far ahead and I've just had to adjust. What's that military background? I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, no, it was a very nice evening. We wound up, we were just supposed to meet for drinks and we wound up having dinner and What's so funny? Drink. I knew he was different when we ordered dinner. We both ordered a salad and then we actually shared, like we had them split the set, like, because, well, I, I, I'm interested in this one and, I, and I'm interested in that. Well, I'd like that one too or whatever. First date, first time meeting in person. And we, I mean, you know, it's not like we swapped bowls, but we had them split the salad. And I thought, this is different. <laughs> Mark that's is a, different. That's oh, yeah. a great sign when you can be compatible or open to sharing your meals on the first I know you guys don't. Mandy, I know you don't like to share your food with Taco. Well, okay. What I don't like is when people stick their hands in my food. But we are actually that couple in a restaurant where we'll coordinate. Okay, I'm going to order this. You order this. I'm going to eat half. And then we do a swapsies. Like that. Yeah, we do, do that. It. But like we do my that. food hits the table and someone's hand or fork is in my plate, it drives me insane. <laughs> Which that never really happens with us. Like. That wasn't really. No, that's why really I knew you were one of the good ones. Because <laughs> you didn't do that. Okay. Just to clear it up, yeah, Taco like, did, does not do that. I yeah. Well, on one of our first dates, she took down a whole extra large pizza all by herself. And I was like, huh? okay, that's your pizza. Uh, this will be mine over here. Yeah, but that's impressive. <laughs> I got a t shirt because of it. <laughs> 
It was more for the t-shirt than to impress you. Actually, right. I, I wasn't even. That was a risk. That was a risk. It, it was part of like, you might think I'm kind of gross, but I was like, star- I forgot what we were doing that day. I was like starving. And I'm like, well, we're at the place where you get the t-shirt if you eat the extra large pizza. And this is like, not that I'm making excuses, but it's it's like a like a matzah. Like, it's, it's a very thin super crust. Thin. It's a New Jersey, thin, very thin crust pizza. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. anyone could do it. Your 11 your year old could do it. Yeah. Not like an extra large Domino's. Or a Chicago that, that, that dish. That's really gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so you guys shared salads and that kind of sparked a little something in you. So then what happened? He wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> she tried. She tried. Uh, how do we keep this short? He, you know what? He was persistent. And what really stuck out to me was that he, he knew what he wanted. He wanted to marry me. I mean, he, he didn't know that on the first date, I don't think. Well, maybe. But uh, he knew I was a good catch and he went after me. And it was it was kind of nice. It was nice. And it sounds like from what you sent me, it was a pretty, pretty whirlwind of a, of a romance after that. Very fast. Very fast. Yeah. She liked being stalked. It was, nope, it was, I, it was that's short. weird. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the chase. It has to do with the stalk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he had been divorced for almost five years. I think I had been divorced like two months and I'd been married for 11 years prior to that. And so, you know, he was again, 10 steps ahead. He really, you know, wanted to move things forward. And, you know, here I was 38 thinking, well, I didn't get divorced to just date around. And this online dating was not fun. It was, I met some real jerks, but I thought, but I mean, I don't want to rush into anything, you know? I just want to be sure. And everyone's like, oh, you know when you know. I'm like, well, <laughs> I thought I knew the first time. You know, it's right. it's a little scary. Yeah. So he, he was patient but persistent. And um, eventually. Uh, I actually kissed you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> date number four. He didn't kiss me till date number four. Mark. That was weird. What are you waiting for? He introduced me to his parents on our second date. <gasps> And his daughter, his youngest daughter, on our third date, when he coerced me to get Cubs tickets for them because I was working with the Cubs. Yeah. Ah. And, st- and kiss on date number four after I bought him this really expensive meal. It was all strategy. <laughs> I mean, it worked, right? <laughs> like, uh, I no, mean, no. Mandy will tell you the story about how I didn't call her for like two weeks after Three she weeks. Number it's longer every time. Three weeks. But it worked. Yeah, you know, five years from now, it'll be a year before you actually called her back. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll bump into her on a street corner or something. Well, I mean, the <laughs> second day, I had tickets to go see Second City um, comedy group live. But in order for her to go, she also had to have dinner with my parents. It was part of the deal. It was a group it was thing. a group thing. And, and she was crazy enough to do that. You know, I thought, literally, I was like, I really don't care if these people like me or not. I mean, then that's kind of the approach I had even with the online dating. I had been through so much. I was like, I'm just going to do me and they can, they can do whatever. And if they don't like, if his parents don't like me, I really don't care. I'm not sure if they do or not. They loved me. (laughs) (laughs) They loved me so much. They still do. Well, there was a very raunchy skit where she was sitting right next to my mother and they were both just losing it with tears coming out of their eyes. They were laughing so hard. So I figured that was a fair sign. Oh, it was oh, surreal. I was like, oh, 
I mean, to be truthful, all I wanted her was for her dietary expertise. Right, that right, was, that yeah. was the only interest. Of course. I figured that, that probably like when it popped up on the profile, you're like, yep, this is the woman for me. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> I always like to ask, like, did you find it intimidating when I don't know if you how far along in your conversations pre first date that you had met Melissa, where she mentioned that she was a dietitian or what she did? Like, did you have any hesitations or expectations of, you know, what it would be like to go on a date with a dietitian or were you? nervous about what you could eat or not eat no i figured i'd just eat whatever i wanted and just see how militant she was um but no she was she was i mean you know we split salad is that why you ordered a salad the first no, time okay no, no. i i've eaten greens before them <laughs> but the question is did you share dessert on the first date no i don't remember no i don't really um i prefer dessert for breakfast i don't really get dessert like in restaurants after dinner it's yeah. weird Hide the brownies in the morning. That's kind of the deal. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but Mark had dated a pastry chef prior to me. That's so true. he really kind of did a 180. And you did at one point say, well, yeah, our, our diets are a lot healthier than they would have been. Well, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I've always eaten fairly healthy. Yeah. So it's it wasn't a major change. And then just real quick, take us to the timeline of when you guys met and went on the first date. And when did you actually get married? A year and one week after we met. Because? I promised your dad. Yeah. Uh, so I promised your dad that we wouldn't get married until we'd already dated for a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, and you kept your promise. Yep. Yeah. So August 3rd was our first day. August 3rd, 2006. And we got married August 10th, 2007. Wow. Now, one of the... Well, there were several reasons I wanted Melissa to come on. Number one was because, obviously, you have been very inspirational and doing a, a podcast and everything. Um, but the other factor too is I've actually really wanted to have on the show a couple who has been divorced and remarried because I think it's really interesting to hear about what that experience is like. I mean, you come from, you know, one lifestyle household that you kind of had set up, have those habits in place, which going through it the first time around is already a challenge. And now you're doing it essentially a second time. Um, I know in Mark's case, you had kid, you had girls at that time as well, which is a whole other beast. So what was that like, mer merging those lifestyles together? Well, as Melissa will tell you, I'm very laid back and I just kind of take no. whatever comes. And... No. <laughs> he thinks I'm a type A and I'm, I'm a B plus. He's type A plus, 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 plus. <laughs> I don't know that that answers the question. Though. It doesn't. At okay. All. No. So I'm glad we addressed that properly. So I, it's kind of like, you know, we're in politics. We're just avoiding well, the answer. I'll, I'll say what you often tell people is that as far as the parenting aspect, he wanted me to um, kind of come into my own. Like he didn't want it to be like, here's how we do things. Um, and he traveled a lot. So I did kind of have to figure some things out. Um, on my own. And it, it all happened really fast. It was, you know, like we got married, I got pregnant right away. But of course, I was a mom to Sarah right away. Yeah, but we don't we don't. I, I think one of the things is that, you know, realizing, I mean, she has two nieces and or and a, and a nephew, two nephews. So she had already played the ant game and been there when they were little kids and all that kind of stuff. But it's obviously a different role when you actually have to do the parenting side. 
But realizing that it's one of those, you got to take a little bit of a hands-off approach and allow them to step into that role and learn it as they're going through it. You know, if you say, well, we do it this way, this way, this way, and this way, then there's going to be massive issues with that. You know, both sides, the kids have to learn how to deal with this new person in their life and the new person in their life has to learn how to deal with the kids. So you got to kind of let them, you you don't want it to be the triangle effect and have a massive problem with it. Yeah. It's not easy. I don't think there are any easy answers. I mean, I look back and wish that he hadn't traveled as much and he did kind of guide me a little bit more versus me having to figure it out. But who knows? Maybe that wouldn't have worked. Yeah, but you have a really strong relationship with Sarah now. So that's really good. Now. Yeah. Well, there was (laughs) a girl in teenage years is always fun. Sarah and I both really wanted that relationship. She wanted a mom. I wanted a kid. And, uh, you know, we both worked really hard at it. And we both came to the table with, you know, just like a marriage, you know, with our own history and issues that didn't really jive very well. Um, and, And so we had to work at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just building your relationship with Mark, it's building relationship with the whole family. Now let's talk about your uh, your health lifestyles um, in your house, Mark, you know, with you and the girls, you know, what could we expect to have found in your pantry if we were to to go through it? Oreos, Doritos, graham crack. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, we had all the classic quickie stuff, the macaroni and cheese, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we also had fruit. We had vegetables. There was always outside of whatever the it, it might not have always been, you know, here's your protein. Here's your this. Here's your that. But there was always a balance of some type of fruit or vegetable along with whatever the main course, I guess, would be. You know, it could have been mac and cheese. Could have been uh, your favorite, the corn dog. But uh, I'm, I'm joking. She she didn't like corn dogs. Sarah did. I don't. Remember but we always you, had fruit. We always had vegetables. We always had something with it. Yeah, I don't remember you making corn. I remember you made salmon a lot. Yep. And you always had salad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it wasn't hard for me to be trained by the dietitian. <laughs> so what what uh, changes or how did you kind of start to implement a little of your dietitianness into the household? Really, the the main thing I remember is uh, going to fat free milk. I think you guys were doing two percent. And I say this, but I think it's kind of crept back up. Like I was like, we don't really need to do dessert every day. But what I try to do is have it be a healthier dessert. Like Mark and the kids love ice cream. And so if I have Yasso bars, you know, like the frozen yogurt bars, my son's just as happy with that. So I'm like, you know what? That's a lot healthier. Uh, You know, those were the main things. I think Fast forwarding to more recent days, we try to, I think we, you know, try to eat more fish. We struggle with restaurant meals. Um, but yeah, I don't think there was a, a huge shift when I came on board, as I like to say. I think, oh, breakfast too. Our daughter needed a lot of fiber. So I was kind of like the fiber Nazi, if you will. Like, you've got to have raisin bran for breakfast and drink your fluids. Yeah, you got to F up your diet. F up. <laughs> yeah. now i know you came into the relationship and mark had his two girls and now you guys have a son who you uh i believe you said he's about 11 now yep just turned 11 wow so now you're newly married you're a new new mom in multiple 
avenues. So there was definitely a lot of adjustment. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Including, you know, selling two houses and buying a new one and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, the other part was both of us at the time, she was still working for uh, a large company, but then shortly afterwards, she went independent and started her own gig. So I was already an independent contracting type of individual. So having two different offices in the house where we could respectively do our work and everything else, but also respecting the boundaries of, for instance, when she is recording her podcast, I'm not allowed in the house. You do not respect so. those boundaries at all. <laughs> like Melissa doesn't put like a sock on the door or something. Like don't I'm going to do something because he, like, I'm like, you could be here or you can be gone, but you can't come and go because both entrances go by my office. He literally, I know you recently interviewed Zach Cordell and his I, lovely wife. I, I am maybe about 20 minutes into the episode. I, I haven't gotten to the part. Okay. I did hear you give the heads up that uh, Mark makes a camera. Mark makes a, an appearance. He actually came into my office. Now, he brought me a bowl of soup. And it was well after the timeline she said no. she would be done recording. No, it was right in the middle. No. Yes, no. it was right in the middle. No, 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 no. Anyway. There's a disagreement here. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be working he it out really well. He came soup. He did, which was really sweet. But I'm like, I can barely drink water while I podcast. I can't sit there and slurp the soup. And why are you in here? You know, um, yeah. I, I I thought I was going to have to cut it out because I was sure that I sounded like a raving bitch. But then when I listened to it, I was laughing and I kept it in. So she was uh, laughing. I was laughing. I was like, <laughs> okay, what? I, like, you just have to go with it. That's that's with Mark. You just have to go with it. Yeah. And we definitely hear, hear where you guys are coming from as well, because we both work out of the house, not necessarily every single day, but um, at least maybe two or three days a week. And when we lived in our old place, it was basically like a one level apartment. So it was like one of us in the front, one of us in the she back. She took over my office. I took over his <laughs> office. <laughs> we didn't have a dining room for a good chunk of time. And it was like, okay, it is time to move. Like we need space. There's only two of us in this house and we just, we needed that space. Yeah. You know, the old saying, this place ain't big enough for the two of us. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of elbow room, the old skit they had on Saturday or Saturday mornings in cartoons. Everyone needs their elbow room. Yeah. We, uh, we needed more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we had to go to the levels. Like you yeah. work upstairs, I work downstairs. Yep, we do that too. Yep. Mark was nice enough to give me the upstairs sunny office. I have is, the dungeon in the basement. Which is fine. Mandy commandeered the better office here too. And then when she doesn't work in it, I'm like, where's your office? It's not in the living room <laughs> or the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we go through that. Sometimes I just need a change of scenery. It's like going to a coffee shop. Then go to the coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Mark likes it when I bring work out to the kitchen or he'll be like, what are you doing out here? And I'm like, I just, yeah, I can't be back in that office anymore. I love what I do, but it can really put me in a bad mood. And if I feel like there's that's time away from the family, because there's some work that I can do and still sit there and watch TV with them or, you know, chit chat while my son's doing homework, I can do some work or whatever. You do the back deck too. Yeah. Outside. In the summertime, mm -hmm. when it's nice out. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with any of that. It's when she's already on the couch and I come sit down and I'm like, I'm turning on the television. And she gives me that look like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, no, what the uh -oh. hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like comfy. I'm in a groove. And I'm like, oh, I got to move. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're all camped out. That's why you have an office. Yep. I know. <laughs> I know. 
Now, we talked a little bit about eating habits. How about fitness? How does that fit into your lifestyle and relationship? Well, Melissa never works out, but I... (laughs) No. um, I mean, when I met her, I was still playing soccer. I was still going to the health club, all that kind of stuff. And then when I met her, she said, you're not allowed to do that anymore. So... Um, no, that's, that's not, true, not either. true either. Truth be told, I mean, I, I, I don't play soccer anymore because my knees can't handle it, but I still try to remain somewhat active. She's better at it than I am, but I still play paddle tennis and we we have the elliptical bike or whatever we call it. What do we call it? Is it the elliptical bike? That's a new one. The Some, Peloton. The Peloton, yes. That was our Christmas gift to each other this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she lifts weights and exercises and goes to... Ballet, ballet class and jazz class and yeah. what Wait, else so class? mark's more of a sports kind of fitness guy and i'm more of a you know a strength training fitness business. lifting weights yeah i don't i mean obviously with ballet it's it's more fun to go take a class than just do you know your own bar or anything at home but lifting weights it's it's not a team sport you know and so i can do that at home i can do that at the gym whatever but we have done some things together. We, we did a triathlon together. We've done some the races. Run or... Yeah. Did we do an eight? No, you didn't do the AK because his, no. his knees can't really handle the running, but yeah. yeah, we've done some things together on that. And I think it's important just the, the almost like lead by example for the kids and we make sure they're participating in sports. Yeah. yeah Mark coaches, uh, he coached Sarah's soccer when she was younger. And now that Michael, he coaches the soccer and you help out with the baseball, the baseball and the basketball. Yeah. So that's nice. Oh, you're that dad. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> but she said helps out. So that means he's not necessarily yeah. the head coach. Oh, he's not. Yeah. He's not that. Yeah. Oh, he is you're usually not like. Not, like right. Uh, not in baseball. I refuse to be the baseball coach. He, he helps help. out. He helps out. Okay. Right. Got it. Because I was going to be like, what are parents like these days with the sports? It's got to be. It, it depends. It depends. It, it's kind of nice, though, that. Most of them are kind of cool about it and chill. And, you know, if their kid's annoyed because they don't think they got enough play time or whatever, you can usually talk to the the parent and be like, it's, you know, equal participation time, guys. This We have to do this. Or we didn't have equal subs, so we had to have one kid sit out a little longer and I tried to rotate as best I could, you know, or I think whatever. there's probably a big difference between... Like our kids were never athletic enough to do travel soccer or anything like that, much to Mark's dismay because he loves that. <laughs> but I, I'm happy because I don't want to be driving. I would never want to do travel. <gasps> My ever. parents, t- I had ballet two days a week or two hours a day, six days a week. And sometimes, you know, my parents had to do a lot of driving around and I have no desire to do that. I'll be honest, but I want my kids to be active. Well, but I think those parents we're, we're, would be different. Yeah, yeah but we're, we're in agreement that you know, especially for Michael and, and for Sarah as well, but more for Michael, we want him to be able to play whatever the sport is. Doesn't mean he has to be the all-star or anything else. And let's face it, the odds of any kid growing up be getting a scholarship to college or whatever are so minimal and slim. But at the same time, you don't want them to go, what's football? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You want them to have some idea and be able to play it and be athletic enough to, to not to be enjoy the it. last picked. Right. You want to you want them to enjoy it and, and have fun. Yeah. So I think we're we're amongst those parents who are, are have that approach, not the competitive parents. So. Right. And I, I think that's nice because I think I, I when I was in growing up in school, I mean, we were still in like the 
you played outside, you did your organized activities when they ran it. I mean, there were a few travel leagues. Like my one friend played basketball. She hated it because it was kind of like her dad didn't have any sons. So she had to play basketball year round. Wow. And she hated it. She's like, I miss so many birthday parties because I was always going to basketball. But there wasn't really a lot of those like travel teams, all-star teams. I feel like that started much later after I, for I graduated. Well, I, you played soccer a I, lot. I, right. But that was, it was like, it was either like soccer or basketball. Like it wasn't, you know, there wasn't, you know, lacrosse and all these, these things around. And I will also say my mom definitely was, was very similar to Melissa and Mark, where it's like, you do the activities that you like, but like, we're not going to do it. Like I was always invited to be on like competition dance teams and competition cheer teams. My mom's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up playing outside all the time too. I mean, I would, I'd be outside from the time, the moment the sun came up to the moment the, the sun went down. But um, I did play travel soccer. That's that was when I I played right. soccer, basketball, baseball. But did you play travel soccer because you wanted to or yeah. because your parents thought you'd get this great no, college no, no, scholarship? No. I wanted to. And I had coaches say, hey, you should do this. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. I love playing soccer. I, I could play soccer year round. And that's what I did all the way uh, through high school. And but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, I'm just guessing that I might be a year or two older than you guys. <laughs> so um, when we're we were growing we up, I mean, we'll say that. <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> I, I'm, us I'm, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but for us, it was, you know, Park District League, and there really wasn't a travel league per se, or I was totally unaware of it, which is quite possible. I was unaware of a lot of things. But I really, you know, I played it at, at the high school, and then I played into my adult life, but that was because I wanted to, you know, for soccer, that is. Um, for the other sports, it was... What, you know, if I was interested in it, that was great. Or if my parents were like, yeah, we signed you up. So our kind of deal right now is if Michael expresses an interest in a sport and we sign him up in the Park District League, we just paid money for that. So you can't go to one practice and go, no, I don't want to do this and walk away. I'm sorry. You said you had this interest. We paid the money for it. You're stuck for this round. And if you want to keep going after that, that's cool. Or if you don't, that's cool. But you're stuck right now. Uh, I we like just to spend say, a lot of time we made a it. commitment. We're going to follow through on our commitment. We spent the money. Yeah. <laughs> You're, <stopped. laughs> You're shit out of luck. I just want you to notice who's got the potty mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah, same thing over here. Same over here. <laughs> she does better. She does well on the podcast, but you take, you unplug this mic, man. Watch <laughs> Yeah, we'd be bleeping this thing nonstop. It's a good thing the podcast isn't in the kitchen. Yes, that's that's where some of the anger and rage, kitchen rage, can come out every now and then. Kitchen rage. That sounds like a good opportunity to cue the music for some taco terminology here. It's been a while since we've done some taco terminology. Yeah, so cue the music. I want to hear more about this. Yeah. Kitchen Rage is a special breed, isn't it? Yeah, well, okay. So I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, right? I'll be in the next room and all I hear are four letter words and crashing and clanking. And occasionally, like last night, something broke. And I'm like, I just stay out <laughs> until I, I just, I need to be, uh, I need to be summoned directly before I even come in and go, what's up? Right. Because like, 
because it, it's so frequent, like she could just say a four letter word and it could be just just like, oh, I forgot to do this thing. And she's just reminding herself that she's an idiot or something like that. So I'm not going to react every time. And then it's but then there's so- times where I've like burned my hand or sliced myself with the mandolin. I'm right. like, but the, they help. all sound the same. Help. They don't they don't sound any different. They all have the same four letter words with the same amount of passion behind them. So I can't tell when you sliced your finger off or what. <laughs> and then I take a look at the figure and I'm like, ah, it's fine. Walk it off. <laughs> Walk it off. Just a flesh wound. So we learned early on how to play well together in the kitchen. Yeah. We, we One of us is in the kitchen and the other one is not. That's how we play. <laughs> but, but do you do the dishes? After yes, the yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Vice versa, too. That's the rule. Although I will say, like when I cook, I'm actually I'm a courteous cook. Like I will try to <laughs> like, use minimal pans or clean up a little bit as I go. This one cooks, and it is every pan, dish, bowl, utensil you can find. I'm like I don't even know where you found this, but yet, but yet, when like you're cleaning up the kitchen at the end of the night, you want to put leftovers away. What do I put this in? <laughs> I don't know where you keep anything. Meanwhile, I'm like, I, how do you find everything else when you cook? This is true. But in my defense, You're just hiding the in my defense, yeah. if I've got, you know, the main, the main, the side and, and, a, and a vegetable going, they might be in three different things. You will actually cook it and then put it aside and try to keep it warm. Everything shows up on the plate hot and ready to go when I cook. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that one time every other month when you cook, you have your act together. That's right. (laughs) Which she lets me cook. Try doing every day. Speaking of which, I I was going to bring this up a little later, but as well now, um, Melissa, I know you do a big um, do more with dinner initiative. So what was kind of the inspiration for that? Yeah. So a couple of years ago around New Year's, I was thinking, you know, what do I how do I want this year to look as far as my business and my personal life and how can I just be happier? And uh, the, the the thing that kept coming to mind as far as the time I spend with my family is that dinner time, I felt like they were kind of getting the short end of the stick. I was getting really uber efficient at being like, here's a cooked chicken breast. Here's like a, just a bunch of raw vegetables, just pick at it and just put it all together. And not that, you know, it was healthy, but it was kind of boring and it was kind of the same thing all the time. I just, I wanted to do a little bit more, but not really do more. I wanted to get more out of it. And so more stands for make ordinary rituals extraordinary. And I just got to thinking that, you know, if it's something that was important to me, getting more out of that dinner time, and a lot of that's conversations. So it's really where I focus a lot of my energy, you know, having stories and games and things like that. The kids love that. But, you know, maybe it's like putting a little bit more effort into cooking or spending a little less time at the grocery store or making a family favorite recipe a little healthier. And I just thought, well, if this is something that resonates with me doing a little bit of meal planning, then, you know, maybe other people could benefit from it. So I just pulled together a bunch of resources from our colleagues um, who have done like meal prep books or, you know, kitchen organization tips or those fun conversation starters at dinner. Just pulled all those together in a, a free downloadable resource on my website at soundbitesrd.com. So uh, we should probably include the link to that in the show notes so people can grab that who also want to do more at dinner time. So at dinner time, are you uh, have dinner, sit down, have dinner together as a family? We try to. Yeah, yeah we try. Absolutely. And it, it kind of 
much to sometimes Melissa's chagrin, we've on my side of the house always had dinner right around six o'clock. So it's kind of like the it's six unless there's a six o'clock is this magic number. It's a good time to have dinner. But aside from that, it's it's you know, it's kind of like a, a placeholder, right? Every night at six is typically during the weekday that we're going to be sitting down unless we have, uh, you know, a soccer practice or she has a meeting or I have a meeting. We try to sit down around that time. Um, but like last night you brought home Panera yeah. and it was like 515 and we're like, Michael, it's time to eat. He's like, but it's not six o'clock. I'm like, oh, my God, it's dinner time. True. I but know. <laughs> in theory. Yeah. We try for that. And but it's good because it's it's kind of like that set time where all of us get together, you know, whoever is in the house at this time, you know, with our daughter at college, obviously she's not coming home every night. But, you know, it, so for the three of us, we sit down and we we chit-chat and kind of catch up on the day and the family dinner time has yeah. been a, kind of a moving target, which I think it is for everybody, but we went through this phase when I started this where we could do six o'clock dinner almost, you know, every night during the week, whether I was cooking it or we we're, you know, doing takeout or whatever. And then our daughter started working a job and our son started have having more sports things that were at six o'clock and it was all up in the air. And I kind of had to just start over with from scratch and just be like, okay, you know, when can, you know, when, if I did a little bit more meal prep, then some of us could eat at five and some of us could eat at seven. And, you know, it's just really, like I said, just a moving target. Absolutely. And we talk on this podcast a lot about communication, how that is a, a big thing with, with couples and really getting on the same page. So what are some of the ways that you guys kind of communicate with each other when it's like a change in dinner time or anything. She talks, I listen. I find that to be the best way to do it. <laughs> well, Mark has gotten a lot better at listening, but I think he's gotten worse at remembering. So I repeat myself a lot. He'll say, uh, he, he used to do this all the time. Where's Sarah? At piano practice, where she always is at six o'clock on Thursday, you know, like it's just like it's not a new thing. Or if there, yeah, if there's a change, I'd be like, well, when is? I'm like, it's. I sent you a calendar request. It's on your calendar. I, I'm the walking calendar. I am the live walking calendar for everybody in the family. Yeah, but that's because oh, okay, we just have different ways of operating, right? So, for instance, when I get home, typically my cell phone goes right with my wallet and everything else. And it just kind of stays there unless there's a need. Like when I'm traveling and I can't get a hold of you because it's not next to you. Right. So, you know, if there's a need for it, then I'm going to use it, but it's not tethered to me. It's, it's you know, not embedded in my arm or hand <laughs> or whatever. Unlike, I'm not going to say who, there's an individual sitting next to me <laughs> who um, really likes her cell phone. So it's a different way of communicating, I guess. I swear to God, we'll be sitting at the TV one time or in the couch and she'll probably text me. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're the master of, yeah, there's a movie playing and he's on his iPad playing Candy Crush or whatever. I'm like, two screens at once? Well, it's multitasking. If the movie's boring. Then put a different movie on. Well, see, then you also have the 11. Ah, uh, so. fair enough. Yeah. yeah, we have limitations on what we so so what I'm hearing is, Melissa, you're just so good at the family calendar that that's what makes you the uh, the proprietor. Pr proprietor of exactly. Yeah, I'm with you I on mean, that one. You, you've got the cell phone. All, I, I live with somebody who has a cell phone constantly connected to her hand all the time, except for when I call. 
quiet time. Like, okay, I can get work done. I'm going to put my phone in the other room. I'm going to sit in my office, get some work done. No one's going to bother me. And I don't. And that's when you call. And and you just, there's some kind of like ESP going on where you're like, I need to call. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's usually in her benefit too, because I might be going to the grocery store and I'm like, oh, what kind of potatoes did you need? It would have been something actually helpful. Like, can you clarify on this random cryptic thing that you put on our grocery list? Yeah. (laughs) You just put tomato. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So what? Yeah. How many? What kinds? Like all that were apples. I'm like, well, could any apple do like how many apples? Right. So like I'm calling and like if I goes to voicemail, I don't even leave a message. I just hang up and I just make. I think oh, no. the call. Yeah, hang on. Sometimes the call. you have to make the executive decision. Yeah. I know. I, wherever apples I decide we're having, those are the apples we're having. And it will be. It will be. Just don't like, buy red delicious. If, if you just don't buy red delicious, which I don't, and but, we're good. But, <laughs> but if uh, but if it's not the specific thing that you wanted, then it's your fault for not answering the phone. Ooh ah, I agree right. with them. What's the ooh ah? Uh, it's <laughs> <that was> controversial. <laughs> <laughs> And then sometimes I miss like, hey, I'm going to the coffee shop. Do you want anything? And then I, I'm sad. Right. I'm like, oh. It's all it's like, like it's always it's all for it's you, Mandy. Something that you would benefit from I by know. just answering the phone. I know. So you miss out. Bummer. <laughs> oh well. Mark, I know Melissa travels a lot. So what is it like when you're in charge? Oh, He's we always have... in charge. <laughs> oh wow. Except Whoa. <laughs> Look, I don't know if you can see this, but I'm raising the hand that has the watch on it because it's getting deep in here right now. I'm always in charge. Come on. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, we usually have a huge party. It's uh, with a couple kegs and, you know, like a pig roast. But, you know, when she's coming home, we clean that all up. We have the cleaning people come in. I don't know. I think it's still pretty consistent. It's probably in certain ways a little more consistent because, like, I try to adhere to things like the same bedtime every night, which doesn't always happen uh, when Melissa's there. But I mean, as far as like dinner and getting things done, it's pretty, I think we try, I, I, I don't think there's a massive difference. No, it's easier now that Michael's 11. Um, when he was younger, it was hard. Because as the parent, you have to do more. And it's, you know, maybe not your normal routine. And then you're like, wait, you know, oh, yeah, kids need to brush their teeth at bedtime. He did. Mm. Look, it wasn't like the babysitter who put the diaper on backwards. Well, that's, you know, that babysitters get a pass. Um, I remember when Michael was little, I'd be like, well, did he brush his teeth before? Oh, no. I'm like, you're not the babysitter. You're the parent. There's certain things that need to be done. So it sounds to me that if I were Michael and I really wanted something, I go to dad. No. <laughs> really? No, you go to mom. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, truth be told, Sarah, our daughter, will tell you this, that you know, she wants something, she comes to me. If Mike wants something, he goes to mom. Fair enough. Okay. I thought, I thought it sounded like Melissa was like more like the regimented one and, and Mark, you're like, oh, no. if, if you feel like you're rushing your more team, about you st- could. No, it's, more, it's more about outside the comfort zone. That wasn't his primary responsibility. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like well, we're a good team because... There are certain things that he is focused on that aren't even on my radar screen and vice versa. 
And it, that can cause a lot of arguments because he'll be, this is important. And I'll be like, well, yeah, you got that covered. I'm good with that. Or, you know, well, no, it's, I don't think it's that important. And then vice versa. But um, I think we complement each other well. We're still talking. Which yeah. <laughs> is a good, good sign. And living in the same, under the same roof. So uh, it's good. All yes. good sides. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. You know, did you guys encounter any major challenges when, you know, you guys either first started living together or even even now? I mean, you have kids going off to college. Um, I guess is Michael essentially an only child right now most of the time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. very much so, because there's such a, a window between him and his, eight years. Yeah, there's eight years between him and Sarah and even more with my other daughter. So it's definitely a window. I mean, as Sarah has put it. You know, is, is that all of the, all of them were only children, yeah. so to speak. It's like three only children. Except for the last several years where Sarah was still finishing out through high school and Michael was around. But I mean, even then with such a disparity in age, there are certain things that you could do with her that you couldn't do with him or that you'd do with him. But she's like, I am not playing with Tommy Train, you know, <laughs> and, and you can get it. It, 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 it makes sense. But, it, you know, it wasn't exactly planned that way, but it turned out that way. And they're all, you know, for the most part, uh, fairly healthy, uh, standalone and individual kids. Yeah. I mean, so Michael's kind of almost in a similar situation where I was, where I had nine, 11 years difference, not quite a, as big a gap as him and his his oldest stepsister. Um, but I was in a very similar situation where, number one, I was the only girl in my family. So I had two older brothers. I was the only girl. So that was shiny and new to my parents. And then... My brothers went away to college. The youngest. And then the I was the baby, but I was the only child. So it's kind of, I don't know. I find that you develop some good independent skills as well as also learning how to you do can. You can. You can. Yeah, totally get it. But the other, the other side of that is Sarah and Michael are actually incredibly close to each other. There was one time when he was just being a complete butthead. And she just said, remember, I wished for you. Um, <laughs> she really did. <laughs> and she really did. Yeah. So, but they're very tight. And when, when she comes home, he is so excited to see her. And she's so good to him. I'm so lucky. Yeah. yeah. She, think about it. You know, we get married. She gets a mom and a dog. Actually, the way she put it was, I get a dog and a mom. I was like, yeah, she's got her priorities straight. And then I get pregnant right away. You know, granted, there was nine months to prepare. But, uh, you know, she had to share me pretty quickly. And she has always been so gracious and good to him. She hit him once, but he hit her first. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but seriously, uh, you know, it, it could have gone way differently. And I've always been so thankful that it is the way it is. Yeah. But I think part of it also is the way we presented this wasn't, oh, you have a stepbrother. You know, or anything like that. They are siblings. They yeah. are brother and sister. It is not. And I adopted Sarah sister. legally, you know, and my stepdad had done that for me. So there was a lot of family blending type stuff that, we, yeah, we just were completely on the same page about. And just, you like to say it's a Jerry Springer show, but <laughs> it's really, you know, it, it's it's what's normal to us. Like, yeah, we don't. That's <laughs> what so Jerry Springer yeah, Jerry Springer's normal. It's just normal to us. No. <laughs> Guys doing paternity tests and slashing chairs over each other. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That that's the other guy who's like, you are not the father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, right. I mean, yeah, it's such an old show; it's an old reference. But you know, yeah, there's uh, a lot of blended family. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean that's becoming way more common now than these, um, you know, very nuclear families that are you know mom, dad, and and that's it. 
I mean, I could probably have counted on one hand friends I had growing up that had divorced parents. And now most people I know have families that are divorced or we have friends that are divorced, remarried. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they've all kind of found their ways and that's, you know, worked out for the most part pretty well for for most of them. And, but I think it's too, it's, you know, clearly something didn't work out well the first time. And I think identifying what that was and knowing what was it that, that didn't, work out or make us successful. And then are you either, you're either going to repeat mistakes or you're going to learn from it. So it's like a software upgrade. Mm-hmm. Well, he, <laughs> he does refer to himself as my husband 2.0. Husband 2.0, husband, husband, two yeah. point oh, husband yeah. upgrade. Because he's a computer guy too. So. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I'm on 1.999 or something at least. You're still version one. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't upgraded. Your, um, to, can you be an upgrade of yourself? Like your original Mac. <laughs> <laughs> 1984, wow. Macintosh. Well, at least I was groundbreaking. Trusty, groundbreaking. Yeah. All right. No updates. <laughs> the firmware is still you, the same. You got some like, you got some like external, <laughs> you know. I look better now. Yes. Okay. I'll go with, I'll take it. Is that aging gracefully? <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> Please, I bet, have you ever gone back and looked at like, do you still have access to your eHarmony profiles? I think I have mine printed out. Have you ever gone back and looked at it? It's been a while. No, no. Because then I'd be like, holy crap, I lied. <laughs> well, actually, it, he, he said something on his profile that I remember because I tell the story a lot. It really stood out to me. He says, if here's this single dad, you know, with two daughters. And I guess that scared a lot of people off. But I learned really quickly that I wanted to date somebody who not only had been married before, but that had children. I wanted to see what kind of parent they were. And uh, his quote was basically like the the, the tagline or the, the pull quote or the, the bottom line, whatever. It said, don't be afraid to contact me because I have children. If you're looking for a loving, stable environment, that's what this is. So like I said, holy crap, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> but it drew me in. But, you know, we always joke. We've never really done the online dating thing because we met, I guess, right when that was just becoming a thing. But we always joke. And we uh, The most successful marriages that our friends have had have come from eHarmony. So our joke is always, we're like, wow, they really weed out the weirdos. With like, because from what they say, there's like a very extensive profile, and clearly Mark's known how to finagle the system. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I was on a bunch of different platforms. Uh, I, I like, I got out of an 11 year marriage. There was no infidelity. I had, you know, I had a lot of catching up to do as far as like dating. So, which I did, and I was like, you know, again, I didn't get divorced to. I, I needed to find a husband and a family, which I did. But I would say eHarmony was definitely more serious than the other platforms. Mark was the only person, I believe, that I dated on eHarmony. And so it was, it was a big difference. Yeah, it was a lot of quality. eHarmony. We weed out the weirdos. Weed out the weirdos. There was a point you had you do two people in eHarmony commercials. Commercials. I, yeah. We don't understand why they haven't used us 
for the commercials. <laughs> eHarmony, if you're listening. Hello. Because I have a face made for radio. Please reach out to Soundbites RD. <laughs> like our wedding pictures, I think, are really beautiful. And I think our story is really good. Hey, you black out the, the person I'm standing next to you on the wedding pictures. It'll be great. I yeah, told you. You're, I have you a look, face for radio. You look nice in the pictures. So. You have a nice face. I thought you. I saw the pictures Melissa sent me, and you look lovely in all of them. Oh, that's sweet. How much did you pay her? No. <laughs> Not yet. The pay the PayPal is way Um now I did see one picture of you guys all dressed in bears gear, but Melissa says she's not a football person. So was that just like a Christmas picture card, a Christmas card picture, or did you actually go? Um oh wow, I've gone to football games with him before. Um I, I'm not a, I'm one. not a Bears fan. Okay. Who's your team? So although do you have a team? Well, it's it's more that I don't think they're very good. And also I, I worked with them. Like I worked with the Cubs and I guess I'll kind of leave it at that. Like I didn't have a good experience, but having said that I worked with a few particular players and Roberto Garza is awesome. I did some media stuff with him and he is phenomenal. Um, and uh, Sam Brown was coming. Well, back. yeah, well, I worked with, with the all, bears, but. I did about 10 years worth of growth posters for kids with the Cubs. And yeah, Zambrano, Mark Pryor. Kerry Wood? Nope, didn't, didn't yeah. do Kerry Wood. He, they, they did a poster with him and I came on after that. But anyway, so the Cubs have been phenomenal to work with and just a lot of fun. But yeah, so that picture, I, I have... The, the jersey and I have a lot of signatures from players on the jersey and Mark likes the bears. So we just, yeah, we just took a picture. It wasn't a Christmas card or anything, but. But you live in the Chicago area yet. I see a, a Montreal Canadians logo. Over your shoulder. <laughs> so that's a sign um, that my son did. It's a school project from 1968, which is the year I was born. Yeah. He's a huge Blackhawks fan, but apparently that must've been the year that, that the Montreal Canadians were formed or last won the Stanley cup or something like that. I don't know what yeah. I'm talking about. All right. That explains it. So now, now the mystery is solved, yeah. but for the record, cause taco, I know you're huge. Well, you're both football fans. I like football. I like football. I just don't like the bears. Okay. But that's why I asked like, who's your team? Oh, I, I like every other team. I like more college football. <laughs> I like every other team except for the Bears. Well, you go to the Northwestern games with me sometimes. Yeah, but I, I prefer watching basketball and baseball. All right, got it. I like sports. Like, I'll watch. I, I don't even go out of my way to watch the Giants that often. Plus, they're god awful. But I don't arrange my entire weekend for it. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Only part weekend, of or travel, like everything. And our household revolves around sports. But again, that's that's our culture. Well, yeah. So when she says everything in our households revolves around sports, you know, like we in March, we went to spring training down in Clearwater, Florida uh, to go watch watch a baseball game. So we got to go to the beach and hang out and a couple friends came with us. So if that's revolving around sports, I don't think that's so bad. And then we went from Clearwater, Florida to Las Vegas for the opening of March Madness for the oh, that would have been fun. And yeah, yeah, no, it was total fun. Oh. And so. Uh, if that's revolving around your life, revolving around sports again, I think that's pretty cool to be in Vegas at March Madness. And like Mandy got to got to have a lot of fun that that week. Yeah, it was it was fun. I had I had no basketball teams to cheer for because Penn State cannot get their act together with their basketball program. So I was just there for the ride. And then our <clears throat> our vacation last fall, we, we went to London, to France and then to Switzerland. 
Now, what started it all was I was meeting up with friends to go see the Eagles play in Wembley Stadium. So again, yeah, maybe my life revolves around sports, but I, it revolves around wine, uh, whiskey and beer and having fun and some other things. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah. And I think, again, in any relationship, it's kind of finding the things that you're compatible with and how do you work together? So yes, my husband is completely obsessed with football, but then, you know, how do you find ways to benefit, you know, the other person with it? And we, the NFL schedule just came out. So, uh, we were, I was announcing it and she's like, Oh, are there any games in Nashville or, uh, we're out in the Bay, Bay area so we can go out to wine country. So, you know, you make it work. Not a, not a bad way to get it done. I, I've, I've learned how to work the system. <laughs> <laughs> Took 14 years, but I've learned how to mentor for the system. Go to a vineyard, see a game. That's right. That's, that's pretty much the plan. <laughs> Now, Melissa and Mark, you guys, um, you guys have such a fun relationship and, you know, just your story of, you know, coming together and bringing families together, starting a new family, you know, putting all together, um, you know, with the, the health and nutrition and fitness. I mean, you guys definitely, you know, you definitely have an active household, not that, you know, we're running around to soccer a million times a day, but I think it's great that you guys still find the ways that you're active, whether it's separately, together with the kids, you clearly have lots of experience, lots of stories of your own to share. For couples out there who maybe are, are in a similar situation where um, maybe they're you know, divorced and are looking for that next person, or they're in a situation where they're starting to you know, really get serious with a, with another person after coming out of a, of a a long relationship or getting divorced. Like, what are some tips that you would give to folks out there? As Mark looks at me, okay, I'll I'll take first stab at this, and you can chime in. I think what's worked for us, and that could work for other people as well, is you know, don't be afraid to have and pursue your own interests. I'd been out of ballet for 25 years when I just got the desire after our triathlon to, to get back to it. And Mark supported that 100%. And I have enjoyed it so much. And, you know, you know, he, he wants me to do paddle ball with him and I don't want to. And I think it's nice that he wants me to do it. But I'm like, yeah, you go do your thing, have fun. And then to try to do some things together because that's been fun as well. And it's not maybe part of our regular routine, but it's been a fun experience. And definitely, yeah, with the family too. Like, you know, he, like I said, he's coaching, but I'll go not just to the games, but I'll go to some of the practice too. It's just kind of fun to do it all together and just support each other. Yeah. Respect each other's boundaries. I think that's, you know, there, there are areas that she's really into that are not my, my thing, but you have to afford that time so that she can have that downtime and vice versa. And, you know, there are going to be things that either of us really want to get into that the other person has supported and actually participated in simply out of respect for the other individual, not because we really wanted to What he's talking about, he did a waltz, <laughs> a ballroom performance with me, and he did, you know, all the lessons it took to do that. And I'm then she sure, fired me. No, I, well... <laughs> You know, one and done sort of a thing, honey, that was very, really sweet of you, but, you know, and it was so much fun, but that I'm sure was not his preferred way to spend his time, uh, but he did it for me. I think her line was, okay, we did that. I don't need you to dance with me anymore. 
not what I said. It's not what so I said. You, is there now a, a Mark stunt double? Well, I was supposed to do a competition with the teacher, uh, but then I hurt my foot. I tore the fascia on the bottom of my foot and was wearing a boot for a while. So I haven't gone back. My, my foot's better, but I haven't gone back to ballroom lessons just yet. He doesn't enjoy it as much. I don't want to make him do it again. So no, and I, I was going to say, like, just having that respect uh, to have that respect to be able to say, you know what? This isn't my thing. And, you yeah. know, you don't have to constantly be in that pleasing state all the time. Right. Yes. No, I agree with you. Yeah. But the other part of that is, you know, if I think for people who are in the search, so to speak, know what you're looking for. You, you really have to kind of look inward a little bit and be like, really, what is what is it that I, I want out of that next relationship? Take the lessons learned from whatever prior relationships. Know what whether, you're not looking for. Yeah, from, from, you know, <laughs> what was your prior marriage or major significant relationship that didn't work out and figure out what it is. And sometimes it's in, internal growth that you have to make. And other times it's identifying what the characteristics are that are most important to you that you're looking for in, in a spouse. I think the thing that's important with us is we both were that person in the other relationship that was at the table. Okay. What do we need to do? What do I need to do? And, you know, we, we butt heads, but we're both at the table. And that means everything. Because if you're not at the table, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. And then you outkick your coverage later on when you get into your second marriage and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I blew it on the first one. I outkicked my coverage right from the very beginning. There you go. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fantastic advice to, to hear out there because... Like you said, it's, you know, it didn't work. And now it's, we got to figure out what's going to work this time, because I'm pretty sure nobody wants to go through this a third time. Nope. No, nope. Going through it a second time, I'm sure is already its own experience. Yes, it is. It's not for the faint of heart. You should be enjoying this. Oh, you, no, I mean, uh, getting the divorce you. part. Oh, the divorce part. Okay. I thought you were talking about the marriage part. The, oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to get married again. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there's, you know, nobody wants to go through some of those bad times a second True. time. True. Um, but it's not always roses. There are some times when you have, you know, the dead plants you got to pull out. So, you know, but as long as you address it properly, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. And Which Mark does every time. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and as we always say on the show, it's just all about the communication and bringing it up because you don't want to be pulling the plants up and have all these roots that now you have to, you know, deal with. Mm -hmm. What a metaphor. I know. <laughs> so poetic. <laughs> and because we do talk about nutrition, fitness and wellness on this show, what are some general nutrition tips that or nutrition, fitness, wellness tips that you would put out there for any of our couples listening? Ice cream every day. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think thinking about how we came together with our, you know, nutrition backgrounds, uh, you know, what we like to eat and what we know is healthy. I think just being willing to work as a team or a tag team, you know, I love we're coming into grilling season now and that just makes my life so much easier when it comes to dinner prep and, and Mark loves getting on the grills. So I'm like, okay, you do all the grilling, I'll do all the sides or, you know, I think we're pretty good with the, the planning and saying, okay, I have time to cook on these nights. I'm not able to on these nights. Do you want to cook then? Do we want to go out? Do we want to, you know, dine out or whatever? Is that kind of taking a look at the week 
and what does that particular week look like? Um, I think is is a very helpful way. And then figuring it out together, not yeah. just leaving it on one person only. But the other decent part is that as a dietitian, she's not a militant dietitian. And, and we all know what I mean by that. I'm the guilt-free RD because food shouldn't make you feel bad. I know that. Okay. Just letting you know. I know. <laughs> Our listeners haven't but heard that yet. I so it's new. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? Now I didn't hear it. That. What did you say? <laughs> this was your opportunity to say it again. Okay. Reinforce. I'm the guilt-free RD because food shouldn't make you feel bad. That's why ice cream every day. That's why you married me. (laughs) No, I I guess it's not every day. It's five times out of the week. But see, you even have the perception that dietitians are the food police, and that's not what we are. We have the knowledge that can make our food, you know, our tacos yawning. (laughs) (laughs) Heard it before. Well, no, we have the knowledge that we can work into the meal planning and be a little subtle with, you know, getting more nutrition from our food without hitting people over the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, too. I mean, on this show, we we interview a lot of dietitians and it's a nice way to see their home life behind the, you know, whatever their external persona is. And we talk a lot about, you know, what foods do you like to go eat at? What restaurants do you like to go to? What's your favorite wine? So, I mean, I think. If anything, I've hopefully humanized the profession a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely that perception, you know, externally, right? So I was um, out with work colleagues the other night. Oh, you have to tell them about your eating day on Thursday. So uh, it, start, it was a big team building event. It started with lunch. It went through dinner time hours. And for lunch, we went to this place. It, uh, it's called Stuff Your Face. And all they do is make, they make strombolis. That's their thing. And for those who might not know what a stromboli is, it's basically take pizza dough, put the toppings inside, and then roll it up and bake it. It's a calzone without ricotta cheese. Or that too. So anyway, they come in different sizes, the 4.5 inch, the 9 inch, and the 18 inch. Nobody went for the 18 incher, but a couple of us took down the 9 incher, myself included. And then, you know, we we went and did our team build, one of part one of our team building event in the afternoon. And then we went to a donut shop. And it's not just like a Dunkin' Donuts. It's a donut shop where they literally will make whatever combination donut you want. So you pick the icing, whatever toppings and things like that. And then like and they're, you get it, it's warm still because it just came out of the fryer mm. and everything, right? So I walk up and I start, I look at the menu and like, you know, people ordering like, oh, I'll have the chocolate donut thing over there. I walk up, I'm like, I will have the maple glaze with bacon and salted caramel on top. And everybody just kind of stopped what they were doing and was like, I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody else. So we get to the end of the day. We go to team building event number two. We're sitting there eating Doritos and like whatever chips and drinking beer. And one of my colleagues says, wow, I'm really glad your wife couldn't make it because um, spouses were invited. And she said, uh, yeah, she'd probably be judging everything that we were eating today. I was like, no, it's not like that at all. Like she would be right here with us. She would she wouldn't have eaten the bacon because she doesn't eat bacon. But no, like, and like granted, like my stromboli probably would have had like vegetables in it. Right. Oh, and somebody asked me, which which stromboli are you getting? I was like, I'm definitely not getting anything with vegetables in it. Like I was like, yeah, I'm not even gonna pretend this is healthy, but like, but like so that was a couple of nights ago. So last night, Mandy and I had um halibut, right? And well seasoned and there were no even starches on the like it was shard and then it's a potato. It was a potato encrusted halibut. Oh right, okay. So, but so <laughs> we had something on that was way healthier than what I had the night before, and that's what I told people is like, it's like I I'm gonna dive right in and enjoy whatever I want, 
whenever that comes up. But I'm also going to balance it out by not having pizza the next night when I come home or something like that, you know? So yeah, yeah it's about the balance and it's about Mandy's thing is all foods fit. Right. Yeah. So, right. Um, <laughs> I think that was a slogan. It, it is a slogan. Yeah. And so anyway, there's, but I think it's different when you guys say it as the dietitians, right? I think when mm. somebody else observes it and can vouch for it, who's not a dietitian, I think that might resonate a little bit more. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. So we actually have to be good stewards. That's right. Of the dietitian profession. Yes. Absolutely. Right? And not say they're, they're Dianetics, but yeah. dietitians. Yeah. Um, yes. They're not. Wait, wait, what was the, what was the one you just said? Dianetics. That's a new one. Okay. So just real quick, when I was in college and I was a chemistry major, I quickly found that I did not want to major in chemistry. And my uh, counselor suggested dietetics. And I said, isn't that a book by L. Ron Hubbard? And they said, no, that's Dianetics, (laughs) which I quickly found out. Okay. That's, that's a thing. Um, and yeah, so that's how I found out about the world of food and nutrition. Gotcha. Nice. And you've definitely been a, a big advocate for the world of food and nutrition, you know, with the media work that you've done, and now you really pay it forward. So, you know, Melissa, if you wouldn't mind real quickly, just sharing a little bit about how you're helping to get more dietitians out there into the media world to spread our message. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so when I started my own business, Sound Bites, uh, back in 2011, I decided not to do private practice because I prefer working in a team environment, especially a, like a diabetes team environment. So I didn't want to you know, be by myself and deal with insurance and reimbursement. So I thought, well, what will I do if I don't do private practice? And that's when I realized that I had all of this background and experience in media, uh, traditional media, mostly live on camera, TV interviews, and uh, that I was fortunate to have had all that experience and that training and that most dietitians don't. And, you know, we see all this stuff out in the media, you know, all I like to call them yahoos, you know, people talking about nutrition that have no business doing so these celebrity quote unquote experts. And, you know, how are dietitians supposed to compete with that? How are we supposed to be evidence-based yet compelling and, you know, kind of take that spotlight away from those celebrities if we don't have access to the training or affordable training. I mean, a dietitian could go to a PR firm and they're going to charge an arm and a leg and also probably teach you a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with talking about food and nutrition on the airwaves. So that's when I decided that I was going to you know, focus the majority of my business on media training. So I do that. I prefer like group settings. Mandy, you, att- you attended my pop-up media training at Fancy. And uh, I really like that group dynamic because we learn from each yeah. other. It is fun. And it, and we share stories. And and it helps you get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because again, like I could sit here and practice. I could practice for, for taco, but like again, until you're in front of people. And it also helps you that you're in front of people who know what you're talking about so yeah. that they can give you some really good feedback as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad you you brought that up because it's really about boosting confidence. Yes, it's building skills, but it's really boosting that confidence in a safe environment. I kind of apply the the second city approach where, you know, even if somebody does a mock interview that wasn't maybe the best that you they get the most uproarious applause and support from the people around them because it's sort of a yes and situation where you, you've got to just keep improving. I mean, I still learn something new every time I do 
a TV segment and I incorporate that back into my trainings. I'm doing a lot of storytelling workshops now. I attended one at NIH, the National Institutes of Health. Yeah, so I, I just, it's really important. There's one of me and I can't be on TV and do all of these things all of the time. So I'm helping train the trainer, you know, helping get more dietitians comfortable being uncomfortable and confident and just being more compelling with their communications. So I have free resources and all kinds of information on my website at soundbitesrd.com if anybody's interested. I also have a sound science toolkit that people can sign up for. It's an online resource that just really helps dietitians and anybody, you know, the average Joe could look it up as well, but it, it helps people understand research and science better especially if you're going to communicate it. And so I didn't see anything like that out there. So I just, I, I compiled all of these resources together so that they're handy for people who do science communication. And we will include links to all of that on the show notes as well. So a couple of weeks ago, I was brought into my old internship to talk about media. And I actually did share one of your videos, but Melissa has tons of really great resources on uh, your website and your blog. And I shared uh, one, I think it was the one about the visuals. Food and Props 101. Yes. And uh, they they all loved it. And I now cannot look at mini bagels the same way. Like, oh, mini bagels. They're props. <laughs> That's <laughs> they right. They prop food up. <laughs> they prop food up. They prop plates up. Yep. What, or makeup what, sponges. What's kind of makeup funny. Makeup sponges, yeah. Yeah. You brought up uh, videos and showing them. At Michael's school, they do a thing where they vote whether or not they should keep chocolate milk in the cafeteria. And Melissa and Sarah made a video, gosh, what, eight, 10 years ago about this. It's still used. It's part of their curriculum. And it's not just, it's like a national curriculum. So was this something from the Dairy Council days? Yeah. Or this is something you did when Sarah was in school? So uh, when I was with the Midwest Dairy Council, yeah, Sarah was in the video with me and a couple of her friends. And the Dairy Council has since like redone the video. It's that old. But I thought that it was just, oh, they knew that I was a local dietitian, so they were using it in the schools. And as, as it turns out, no, it's actually part of this curriculum that they're using across the United States. So my, my video with Sarah goes up against the Jamie Oliver video. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, yeah. You mean Jamie Oliver is going up against you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, snap. Yes. Um, yes. But it's kind of funny because... Uh, then, you know, we're playing a basketball game and Sarah's home for the weekend. And I'm telling all the kids, I'm like, look, you know, not only is dietitian Dobbins here, but, you know, the co-actor in this whole thing is here, too. So you have two celebrities in the audience. They're like, ooh. Well, they asked me to come in and speak to his school. And I have never felt like such a celebrity. I mean, I've been on national TV. I've won awards. I've presented to thousands. I mean, I've done those things. But I've never felt like such a celebrity because these kids, they didn't realize that the person that they're learning about lives in their community. And it's a fun topic, chocolate milk. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's my recovery beverage of choice. There you go. I, yes, I did. I did bring that to him. And, and Melissa, what is your stance on chocolate milk? So it's funny because after they asked me to come in and present to the kids, <laughs> One of the questions I got afterwards from a kid was, so are you for chocolate milk or not? I'm like, <laughs> are you listening? Um, no. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I encourage them to make their own choice. But I 
did share the science that it's a nutrient rich beverage and it's got all the same nutrition as white milk. Yes, it has a little bit more sugar, but if you have oatmeal and you put brown sugar on it, or you have salad and you put a little salad dressing on it, which sometimes has sugar in it, you know, it's, it's all good. No. For the record, I am pro chocolate milk. Um, <laughs> Just in case anyone wants to know, if I ever run for clear. public office, I was uh, hoping so. Yeah, me too. If I ever run for public office, I'm a big advocate of chocolate milk. There you go. <laughs> I was hoping so. Um, now, Mark, real briefly, you say you do background investigations. So, so did you do background investigations on Melissa before you went out on your date with her? I didn't, but I wasn't involved in that world at that time. Uh, you probably would have, um, wouldn't you? Had I been? Oh, I know. When your daughters start dating boys, do you do background checks on them? Um, or you are now? Oh, boy. <laughs> the, with, within all legal boundaries, we make sure that the individuals she's hanging with are okay. <laughs> well put. We, we, we don't cross the line. You know, there's certain things with the Fair Credit Reporting Act and all kinds of other garbage that you have to be careful of. But as, as I told her many years ago, if you text something, if you put something out there, then it's just like it's on the front page. Just we'll find it. What? What does that mean? <laughs> Silence speaks for itself. Yeah, I don't know what that means. No, but you know, if, if no matter what you, you text or what you like, if you comment on a website or whatever, that's, that's there for the rest of perpetuity. Oh, it's like, so yeah, it'll it's always like sending be found a postcard. and like, someone's going to find it, it, whether it's used positively or negatively, you know, with you as an individual, that's, based upon interpretation of the individual who finds it. I thought you were going to say what you always tell her is that she can date once she's married. That's true. <laughs> That's true. She's violated that, but, you know. <laughs> all right. So this isn't like a meet the parents situation where you're like doing all this background research on on the boys before. they. No, no, no. I'm not grabbing their hands and, you know, whatever. No, but I mean, I think you still need to be aware. It's a very different world than when we were growing up. So you, you do need to be aware of what's going on and... You know, a simple Google search will bring up a lot of information, but it's our 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 company is more, far more focused on the B two B world and hiring individuals, making sure they have the they're not lying about their education, their credentials, their background, and all that stuff. Uh, but we also do some background checks for individuals who rent properties, so they want to make sure that their credit history is accurate. Those types of things. So it's not the the private investigator sitting in a car watching someone walk in and out of someone else's house or something. It's nothing cray cray like that. It's just normal vetting of individuals to make sure that they're saying what is they're saying is true. That they didn't lie. If they have a master's degree to get a job and they don't actually have one. You'd be surprised. But yes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have been so much fun. I know we've chatted for a while and I really appreciate your time to sit, talk with us, tell us all about your stories. Before we wrap up, Melissa, do you have anything coming up or anything else that we should know about out there to share? Well, if anybody's attending today's dietitian, I am doing a messaging workshop there on Wednesday morning. And it's not on the regular schedule because it's an additional workshop that you have to apply for. But it's a two-hour workshop. We're going to roll up our sleeves. Even seasoned professionals uh, can really benefit from getting a chance to practice being more compelling. And we're going to tackle the topic of nutrient density, which, you know, is one of those terms that Taco we throw around. Do you know what nutrient density means? I know what density means. I know <laughs> dense, right? <laughs> I've been told I'm pretty dense. Um. <laughs> but not nutritiously dense. 
imagine, <laughs> I imagine it has to do with uh, the concentration of nutrients, whether that's you know different vitamins, minerals, uh, macronutrients, whatever, within a given food. Okay, you actually you're not far off. That's, that's exactly what, you what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. um, I swear, there's like a little ESP yeah. thing going on here. It yeah. happens. It's you know once you once you put on the earphones, it's like you're connected. <laughs> But it's a boring term, right? It's like, eh, that doesn't sound very fun, right? And, you know, so we're going to find ways to make it more meaningful and using that as a platform to help people stop vilifying certain ingredients or focusing on just one, you know, oh, I want to avoid this or I'm looking to get more of this, but kind of looking at the bigger picture. So I think it's an important concept. And yeah, we're going to have fun with the messaging. It's like I always say when I do talks about food labels, I always say, if you're the person who's just looking at the sugar line item and nothing else, it's kind of like when you read the jacket of a book and you say that you read the book, but you really didn't. So you haven't gotten the whole story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. And that's, and that's a great analogy. And that's the type of thing that we're going to work on in the workshop is thinking about who your audience is or what the context is or kind of painting that picture. You know, how can you make that make sense to your audience? And that's a great example. And then you practice on your husband and see if they understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melissa, where can we find you out in the the online realm, social, websites. My website is soundbitesrd.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at MelissaJoyRD. I'm on Facebook. It's like Melissa Joy Dobbins, Soundbites, Guilt-Free RD. Um, I think it's not all one word, obviously, but, you know, it's those three phrases together. And, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Pinterest um, and the podcast. My podcast is anywhere that you consume podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, you can just listen to it on my website if you want and subscribe, rate, and review, as they say. And that's the Sound Bites podcast. Yes. So make sure you guys check that out. Melissa brings on a lot of great guests, a lot of really, really awesome experts. They're not just all dietitians, but they're all th people in the field of science and psychology. You've had some media people on, so it's been really a nice way to educate and as I always like to say, humanize nutrition a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I have a lot of fun. I love my guests. They I are always sharing interesting topics, whether it's snacking or farming or behavior change, diabetes. Yes. Melissa is a diabetes educator. Once a diabetes educator, always a diabetes educator. If you can maintain that certification, yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. Well, you guys have been great guests. We really appreciate you chatting with us today, sharing a lot about your stories, the background, and I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We are recording this uh, the day before Easter, so I hope you guys have a wonderful Easter. Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank so you. nice talking with you guys. Thank you for you your too. time. All right, you guys. Thank you again so much for joining us, and uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you soon. Yeah. I'll see you in Arizona. All right, Taka, that was our last double day of the season. All right. Well, you know, hopefully we'll have more in season two. I hope so. And uh, otherwise, I guess you and I are just going to have to go on some like real dates. Oh, now there's an idea. The, the time that we had booked for other things, let, let's go on dates. Yeah, we can do that. Maybe we'll, you know, meet some other people and 
bring some other folks onto the podcast, hear their stories all about their challenges and successes and just merging those lifestyles together. I think we should just do a podcast live from like a restaurant or bar with some wine and beer and stuff like that and see what happens. I agree. Live podcast. What do you guys think? Live cast. Well, if you want to stay up to date with the show when our next uh, season is going to be our, remember, we have one more episode left to go. So make sure you guys are tuning in next week. We're going to be talking all about summertime and vacation here at our home at the Jersey Shore. So you definitely want to tune in to get the Taco and Mandy inside scoop all about that. And to make sure that you're staying up to date with the podcast itself, make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and make sure that you are hit the subscribe button. It also is awesome if you can do us a favor and make sure that you are rating and reviewing the show. It not only helps us to know what you're digging about the show, what you're enjoying, and that you're out there, but also it is a great way to help other people learn about the podcast. So it's kind of like when you share anything else out there on social media, you share out there, other people hear about it, and it just makes our circle and reach a little bit bigger. Share the love, people. So share the love. And as Taco likes to say, five for five, five-star ratings. That's right. Just like an Uber driver. Yeah, I, mean, I thought this was a good ride. I agree. All right, let's wrap it up. You're giggling about saying ride. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. (laughs) For more on how you can stay healthy as a couple, head on over to nutritionnuptials.com where you can get information about working together as a couple. We got lots of recipes, fitness. And um, if you are looking for some ways that you can work together as a couple or work with a dietitian as a couple, you can head on over to nutritionnuptials.com slash couples. And I also do work with brides and brides-to-be as well. So Telling you ways that we can get you and your loved ones on a healthy lifestyle together. With that said, make sure that you're following the show over at Nutrition Nuptials Podcast over on Instagram. And you can also connect with the show on Facebook. We have the Nutrition Nuptials VIP After Party Facebook page. So make sure you give us a big thumbs up and like that page so we can keep the conversation going after the show. If you'd like to keep in touch with Mandy, the dietitian, you can always find me in the social realm at Mandy and Wright RD. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. And we will connect out there as well. So again, always like to hear what you guys are into, what you're liking, what you're driving with, and most importantly, what is it that you want to be hearing on future episodes of the show? You can influence season two. Yeah. So season two is all about you all about you. (laughs) And if you are looking for some ways that you can get on the same page with your significant other, head on over, grab my free starter guide. It's at nutritionnuptials.com slash starter guide. You'll get five days of meal plans, fitness, and a self-care guide to track your hydration, sleep, and stress management. And one last way you can support the podcast, and that is becoming a super VIP of the show. You can head on over to Patreon and support the Nutrition Nuptials podcast on Patreon. We have opportunities to support us at the dollar, five, and ten dollar levels. And in exchange for your support, we give you some great, awesome insider goodies. So make sure you go check that out. Patreon.com slash nutrition nuptials. All right, Taco. With that said, I uh, I think our work here is done. It certainly is. All right. Well, 
Thank you so much for saying I do to your happily, healthfully ever after. And Taco, why don't you take us out? Adios, amigos. <laughs> See you next time.